0: The reward will be the same. The people's capacity to enjoy the reward will be different. That, my brothers and sisters, is a very important truth for us to keep in mind when we're trying to understand the parable we just heard from Matthew 20, this very well-known story of the workers in the vineyard. First of all, however, we have to make a distinction very crucial distinction. We have to distinguish between the primary meaning of this parable as it was told by Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago and the legitimate but secondary application of this parable that people very often make today. The primary meaning of this story very simply is that Gentiles, non-Jews like us through God's saving grace have the same opportunity to go to heaven that Jews have. That's the message in a nutshell. Here's how one Bible commentary explains it. This parable is addressed to the Jewish people, whom God called at an early hour centuries ago. Now the Gentiles are also being called, with an equal right to form part of a new people of God, the Church. In both cases, it is a matter of a gratuitous, unmerited invitation. Therefore, those who were first to receive the call have no grounds to complain when God calls the last and gives them the same reward. Jesus leaves no doubt that although he calls us to follow different ways, all receive the same reward, namely heaven. This brings us to the secondary application of this story, which is where people very often get confused. Let me frame the issue in this way. From the way this story is told, it seems that non-believers who convert and get baptized on their deathbeds, and last Catholics who make a good and sincere confession right before they die, get the best of both worlds, so to speak. They live their entire lives doing what they want, having a grand old time, but in the end they get the same heavenly reward that somebody like Mother Teresa gets. So people read this story, this text, and they say, why should I be good? Why should I make the effort to know, love, and serve God every day? Why should I try to be holy and obedient to the Lord in all things? Why should I fight the good fight and run the race and keep the faith? What difference does it make? According to what Jesus says here, I can do whatever I want for my entire life, convert at the very end, and get the same reward as the great saints who serve God faithfully for their entire lives. Ah, yes. But these good people are forgetting one thing. One very important thing. As I said a few moments ago, the reward will be the same. But people's capacity to enjoy the reward will be different. Everyone, in other words, who dies in the state of grace will eventually get into the eternal kingdom of God, even if their conversion came at the eleventh hour of their life. So the reward of every saved person will be the same, heaven. But the capacity of a particular person, me for example, to experience God and his blessings in the kingdom will be greater or lesser depending on the level of holiness I attain during my earthly life. Jesus indicated this when in scripture he talked about the least and the greatest in the kingdom of heaven when he spoke about the seat at his right hand and at his left hand in his Father's kingdom. We also see an indication of this in John chapter 14, where our Lord says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. St. Augustine described this situation by, in effect, comparing our souls to different sized containers. Pope Emeritus Benedict alluded to this idea of Augustine in one of his encyclicals when he wrote, Man was created for greatness, for God himself. He was created to be filled by God. But his heart is too small for the greatness to which it is destined. It must be stretched. As St. Augustine says, By delaying his gift, God strengthens our desire. Through desire he enlarges our soul, and by expanding it, he increases its capacity for receiving him. By following the advice that Isaiah gives to us in today's first reading, and seeking the Lord faithfully through prayer and through the sacraments, by living our faith, by performing acts of selfless charity, by growing closer to Jesus and becoming more like Him, in other words, by growing in holiness each and every day, we increase our capacity for God. That's Augustine's point here. This means that somebody who has a conversion on his deathbed will probably have a much smaller capacity for God in heaven than the great saint like Mother Teresa. Or even compared to an ordinary Christian who grew in faith and in holiness for many years on this earth, in quiet seclusion. The person who has a conversion at the end of life will probably have a capacity for God in heaven that's like the size of a thimble. Comparatively speaking, the ordinary holy Christian will have a capacity for God in heaven the size of a pint or a quart. Whereas the great saints of the Church, like Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa, they'll be like gallons. Now, the interesting thing is, in heaven, everyone will be full. Everyone will be full to the brim of God and His grace. But the fullness experienced by the thimble-sized soul will be a lot different than the fullness experienced by the gallon-sized soul of the same. So yes, the reward will be the same, but people's capacity to enjoy the reward will be different. I was trying to think of of another earthly analogy that I could use to conclude my homily today and drive home this point. What came to me was the following example. Imagine two men, John and Bill work for the same company. One day, the boss calls them into his office and he says, Gentlemen, you've been great workers lately. I want to reward you, show my appreciation to you for how hard you've worked, how diligently you've done things. So, guess what? You get my two tickets to this Sunday's Patriots game. (laughs) Obviously, this was before the COVID-19 crisis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going out of town this weekend, so I can't use them. Here they are. Enjoy. They're great seats, too. 50-yard line, 10 rows up. John and Bill say, thank you very much, sir. They immediately make plans to go to the game. Here now is a little essential background information on these two men. John has been a Patriots fan for as long as he can remember, ever since he was a little boy 60 years ago. He's been loyal to the team in good times and in bad includes the mid-1960s when the Patriots were one of the worst teams in the old AFL, as some of you will recall. In fact, that's why I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. When I was growing up, the Patriots weren't even on the radar screen. But John was faithful back then. He's faithful now. He watches every game. He knows the stats of all the key players. He has Patriots memorabilia all over his house. Bill is also a Patriot fan although he's been one only for a couple of years. One reason for that is that he's originally from Australia, where football means something very different than it does here in the United States. In fact, Bill is still learning about our game. For example, the last time he watched a game of American football on television, the punter punted the ball out of the end zone, and Bill thought the guy had just kicked a field goal. So I ask you, in all likelihood... Which of these two men will enjoy Sunday's Patriots game more? Which one will have the capacity, the ability, to enjoy it more? The answer, of course, is John. Because John's been a faithful follower of the past for so many years, because he knows the game of football so well, has persevered with his team through thick and thin, his capacity to enjoy this reward from his boss will be much, much greater than Bill's. Since Bill barely knows what an American football is. But notice, my brothers and sisters, both men will have the same experience. The exact same experience. Both will have the same reward from their boss. A ticket to this football game, a free ticket. Their reward will be the same. Their capacity to enjoy the reward will be different. That's precisely the way it will be for souls in heaven.